Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Happy, happy Mother's Day from Jason Dumas and me, Whitey Gleason, on 95.7 The Game with you till 1 o'clock today. Jason, as always, great to be with you. Yes, Um, sir. My mom was a great mom, a great sports mom, even though she was a Dodger fan. But she taught me how to keep score, among other things. Came to all my games, and one of the highlights of my, you know, less than impressive athletic career, first uh-huh. time I ever beat her in tennis. I was 15, and she was, I don't know, whatever she was. And I was I was mishitting these drop shots and bring her to the net when I finally beat my mom in tennis. One of the great sports achievements <laughs> of my pathetic career. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, my mom, you know, she was uh, she was your typical sports mom, really with my sister. My sister was the athlete of the family, Division One athlete. Wow. Uh, mom traveling all along the, the East Coast to wow. practices, Saturday mornings, games, you know, club field hockey, all that stuff. So shout out to all the hardworking moms out here. You guys kind of mold us into who we are, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't be much without you. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy Mother's Day. So your sister must have been tough. Field hockey? Yeah, she was, uh, she was very fast. Is still very fast. Uh, yeah, she was, she was athlete. She got the athlete genes. She, uh, Went to University of Michigan, go blue. Uh, so I got some Mi- Michigan lineage in my family, and uh, that's, that's, that's why you had the Jordan Poole jersey on. Yeah, yeah, I had that Jordan Poole Michigan, and we we're going to talk about Jordan Poole a lot. Today. Yes, yes, he, he had himself a game. Unfortunately, after the game, we weren't talking basketball, which I feel like has been the theme of this series, which has been really annoying because mm-hmm. both of these teams are so talented, and they've been. Aside from Game Three, they've been. Amazing matchups, but after each and every game, we're talking about something other than basketball, and it's starting to get really annoying. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That was a little embarrassing last night, and we'll we'll obviously go over that every which way. As far as the game last night, to me, Jason, it was clear we all knew going in that one thing the Warriors had to do against Memphis was limit turnovers because we know the Grizzlies feast on that. And the Warriors' first couple games, they still turned the ball over. They could have won both games. They did win one, uh, but they were still turning the ball over. First half last night, turning the ball over. Then, somehow, someway, third quarter last night, they stopped turning the ball over, and (laughs) wow. I think the Warriors now up 2-1 to me. They did more than just take a lead in that series. Right now, especially if Jaws hurt, and we don't know about that, but I think they just grabbed that series by the throat last night. Yeah, that was a uh, statement game. And I think Memphis is starting to show their age a little bit. They're young and immature uh, on and off the court. Um, I agree. And, uh, you know, you could kind of feel this coming. This felt like a blowout to me. I did a little a little podcast with the Warriors, like, network before the game last night that they, you know, they throw it on their YouTube channel. And I, I said, I was like, I don't think this one's going to be close. I th- I know the first two games were decided by like a, a bucket or two, 
uh, game three, the Warriors are going to win convincingly. Mm-hmm. You just felt it. You felt it in the air uh, once you got into Chase Center. You could just tell. Even after that barrage of three-pointers from Memphis early, which was nuts, everybody, they couldn't miss. Um, and the Warriors, when they, I think at the end of one, they were only down by two. Yeah, and it had been, what, 20 to eight? And as you say, Memphis was making everything. I was like, they're only down two after that quarter. That's a win for the Warriors. And they just laid it on them the rest of the game. They outscored them by so much. Um, Shot, what, better than 70% in the first half. And for the game, they were 60-something. It was incredible. And as you say, you could – I'm with you. We talked about it yesterday. I was on with JD on Warriors this week. You could kind of see that coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And – you know who broke out in a in a in a great way, and I've been waiting for it. Otto Porter Jr. hit three threes, finished with thirteen points. He's been doing everything else, yeah, really well, yeah. And all postseason, I've been waiting to start hitting shots because we saw that earlier in the season. He was knocking down his open looks, and he was such a valuable piece to that bench. And in the playoffs, he hasn't been hitting those looks. He's been doing the dirty work i think he's a rebounding monster i think he's their leading rebounder in the playoffs either it's either him or wiggins um and uh and you know he's he's getting every 50 50 ball he's getting every loose ball he's doing all the dirty work once he starts hitting those shots it's going to bring golden state's offense to a different level and he started hitting those shots last night so if they can get that consistently from him that jumper it just adds a whole nother dimension to the Warriors' offense. Are you a plus-minus guy at all, Jason? Yeah, I think okay. he leads the team plus-minus. 49. Yeah. He's plus 49. In the series, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I mean. <laughs> That's a good number. It's a very good number. <laughs> yeah. He he just does good things. He's like he's He, he might have the highest hoops IQ on the team, uh, which says something because this is a team with Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Um, he never really makes the bad play. Like he does, he's never a negative. Now he might not hit shots, which sometimes can be burdensome and, and annoying. But he's never that player that really hurts the team. He does. He almost does everything right. Right. And uh, he's very cerebral. You can tell. Um, and you know, obviously, he doesn't have a championship or anything. But you can just tell he's a vet who has seen it all. Yeah, yeah. So the the Warriors, yeah, they lead the series 2-1 now, but after winning by 30 last night, it feels like more than that. It feels like Memphis is realizing, ooh, especially as we say and as we all know, if Jaw is out, they're really up against it. I agree with you about their lack of maturity. Uh, Kyle Anderson getting thrown out last night. But just the way uh, the, the Grizzlies are dealing with all of this talk about the code and what happened to Jaw last night. Well, I heard on our station this morning before we came on, uh, Jordan Poole uh, grabbed Jaw's knee and uh, Jaw's knee was injured on that play. I, I don't even know for a fact that that's the play on which he, he was injured. No, there's so many. There's so many videos floating around the net where Jaw tweaked his knee on other plays too, and you see him kind of limping and favoring mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I guess we'll get into it now. We'll get into all that. All that crap that happened. Um, you sound so, upset by all this. Oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying that it's a storyline. Um, I didn't see the play live. I was there, but, like, no one would notice that in real time. Um, that's why it's kind of, like, it's kind of corny how 
they slowed down the video and manipulated it on Twitter. Like when you slow it down like that and you see it, does it look weird? Are you like Jordan? Why are you grabbing his knee? Like, and but then when you watch it in real time, you realize okay, he almost didn't really grab his knee at all. He kind of brushed against it. He was clearly going for the ball. If you look at someone right after they do something that's reportedly like dirty, you can usually tell by the reaction. Jordan. Jordan had no idea. Jordan kept playing. It was a dead ball after, and Jordan's looking at the ref, and they're, you know, there's n- that was a regular basketball play. People's hands brush against knees, arms, shoulders all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Uh, it would also be very difficult for Jordan Poole or anyone to injure somebody's knee by doing that, even if he meant to grab his knee, which there's no reason to think he did. But even if you tried to touch somebody's knee like that, it's hard to imagine you would do any damage to their knee. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. And I think this is where we get into the immature thing. Ja probably hadn't even taken off his jersey yet. There couldn't have been more than five minutes after the buzzer, and he sends that tweet out that he eventually deleted. Deleted. That That's immaturity. It just is, especially for a player of his caliber, too. Like, And... John's not stupid. Like, like I said, like it was a bad faith tweet too. I don't even think he believed what he tweeted. Like how we're just saying, like, dude, that wasn't dirty, and there's no way, even if it was dirty, like you can't hurt someone's knee doing that. And he he probably knows that, and he still sent out that tweet, and he ultimately deleted it because, you know, he probably probably realized it was it was a silly decision to send that tweet. A lot of frustration they're feeling, which is understandable. You look at the year they had. And I don't know about you. I was a little surprised that Memphis struggled as much as they did against Minnesota. Oh, I was. I I know Minnesota liked that matchup, but I was, and they won the series and they came from behind 26 down. So obviously they won the series, did some great things. But coming out of that series, I didn't think Memphis was as good as I thought they were. Um, So right now, I think maybe they're coming to terms with that. Maybe they realize, especially matched up with the Warriors, like we're not as good as we thought we were especially against these guys when they're making shots. And that's that's got to be a difficult thing to come to terms with. Yeah, like in Memphis, they have that raucous crowd, and they played really well in games one and games two. And they – They barely won. They yeah, barely yeah, won. Yeah. Uh, I think they realized they're like, we're giving, we're giving them our best shot, and we're barely squeaking by. And this is on our home turf. Yeah. You see what happened when they came to San Francisco. Um, yeah, and then even their head coach, he displayed some 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 youth. Like, Taylor Jenkins hasn't been around for a while. And right. After the game, he's like, yeah, we want the league to look at that. It's like, dude, come on, man. The league's got better things to do. Like, come on. I know that's a difficult spot he was in, going back to um, the play with Dylan Brooks. If you're the head coach, that's difficult. You know, how do you – if your player – commits a dirty play you don't want to say that but at the same time we all have eyes (laughs) yeah right so I lost a little respect for him the way he handled that I appreciated uh Clark Brandon Clark when he was on the Zach Lowe podcast he said yeah that was that was uh that foul was too hard yeah you know both things can be true I mean objectively yeah we're not a dirty team but you know that was regrettable I'm sure Dylan regrets and Dylan Brooks hadn't said anything I'm not even sure he saw. Maybe he feels like you know what? That's what we needed right then. Why do you want to hear something funny? I was at uh, I was at the the Grizzlies practice on Friday. It was down at the Warriors' old facility in Oakland on the top of the Marriott, and uh, 
I was in the elevator with Dylan Brooks. <laughs> it was me, Dylan Brooks, and a couple other like beat reporters. Like practice was over. We had talked to we talked to Zaire Williams, Tyus Jones, and Taylor, the head coach. And we had got you know gathered all the stuff I needed. I'm in the elevator with a couple other guys, Memphis beat reporters. We're all you know kind of just chatting. And then you hear, like, you see someone's hand slide in real quick to hold the elevator. And yeah. in comes Dylan Brooks. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't ask him anything. It, it would have been inappropriate. It wasn't that <laughs> right. type of situation. Right. But it was funny. So someone asked him in the elevator, though. She was like, are you going to be on the bench tomorrow? And he was like, oh, no, I'm not allowed to be on the bench uh, tomorrow. He seemed in fine spirits. I actually had a one-on-one interview with Dylan Brooks back around Christmas for Bleacher Report. And, you know, he was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He was. And... Like I said, do I, I don't think he meant to hurt uh, Gary Payton II. But, and why do you know this? You cover basketball. You've been watching basketball for a long time. There are some guys who just don't realize that how reckless they're playing. Like, to him, Dylan, you ask Dylan Brooks, he's playing hard. Right. And some of that might be true. But you have to have the wherewithal to play hard but also not to be reckless and hurt somebody. It's like reckless driving. Like you're driving and you might have any int- you might have no intent to run someone off the road so they get in a crash. But the way you're driving, someone right. has to get out their way and then they swerve and then they hit something. They might kill somebody. Like you're just being reckless and when you're reckless, you put other people's in this case careers in jeopardy. That's it. You're right. It's I would bet a lot of money that he would say, I didn't mean to hurt him to the point you just made, but, and I'm just echoing what you said, but if you're going to make a play on someone like that, clearly you don't care if you hurt them or not. You're not trying to hurt them, but to do that, clearly there's a recklessness in there that implies you don't, you're not even thinking about their safety. You don't care if you hurt them or not. Right. No, exactly. You're still responsible. So, yeah, I think Dylan falls in that line. You see Marcus Smart is kind of probably in that category too, and Marcus Smart's another guy, like, I've never interviewed him or chatted with him, but, like, he seems like a nice, great guy. He does. And, look, let's be honest, Draymond could, Draymond has some of that in his game, too. Yep. Um, and that's Memphis's issue, is that Steve Kerr says, oh, they, they broke the code, which they did. And, you know, if you're Memphis, you're like, yeah, okay, but what about the, all the times you guys did it? So that's why they're really upset. But the fact of the matter is they just have to accept – uh, Dylan Brooks went way beyond yeah, what he that, did. That was it's, malpractice. Yeah, and I'm sure you're right, and I'm sure he's a decent guy, and he's a good player who's made a living partially through the fact that he does play that way. Yeah. That's how he makes a, a lot living. of. But some guys was, are in the league for that. Yeah, yeah. So I get that, but that was a gutless play, right? And so, and then you know, talking with people in the Warriors front office and. Just being down there in the bowels of the stadium last night after the game, there was just this sense of like, are you kidding me? When Taylor Jenkins insinuated that the league should look at it, and and then John Morant compared it, talking mocking Steve Kerr's broke the code, and that's what, for lack of a better term, frustrates me a little. Like, it's like, man, we got two really good basketball teams. It's the best series. Uh, you, can, you can argue Boston, Milwaukee is a really good one too. But that was pretty interesting yesterday too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can we can briefly chat about that later. But uh, you have these really two teams, and everyone was anticipated for this matchup. 
everyone who's been paying attention pretty much foresaw this matchup uh, since Christmas. You know, the two three seed. We remember the playing game last year. Ja and Steph, not really Steph. Ja has been kind of like poking at Steph for like years now. Remember that tweet about like he tweeted about Kevin Durant winning all the Finals mm. MVP and Steph not having any. Like, you know, Gen Z, they they talk a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. Um, so they stink. Yeah, seriously, so annoying. Anyway, <laughs> so so we're uh, everybody's been anticipating this matchup. Is my point. And we get to it, and we're now three games in, and the main storyline after each and every game has been about a foul or some dramatic tweet, and it's just like, I I don't want to cover this. I have to talk about it because that's a storyline, um, but it's annoying. Yeah, it's, it's irking. Like especially, I know you, Whitey. We're like true basketball hoop mm-hmm. heads. Like we just want to talk hoops. Right. We don't want to talk cryptic, passive aggressive tweets. We don't want to talk about ridiculous comments from the coach after. Like, it's not that fun, but it is what it is, and it's just kind of uh, kind of annoying because this was built up to be such a basketball series. Now it's like a WWE like entertain. It's weird. Yeah, uh, Draymond. I, I, yeah, hell yeah. Hell I'm in, yeah. I'm in the minority. I thought Draymond deserved the flagrant two in the first game, but whether you agreed or not since that happened that you that was a big part of the game and dylan brooks foul in game two huge part of that game in the series going forward last night that was nothing and yet the grizzlies are trying to trump it up and make something of it that's what's annoying to me is like you just got your asses kicked and now you're gonna oh well the league should look at this that's unfortunate the warriors though i thought did a great job last night making some defensive adjustments playing more zone on jaw and here's one of the things in the half court, if you're able to get Memphis in the half court, this is no surprise, but I, I guess I hadn't seen them as much this year as, uh, as I thought I had or, or whatever, but the, their half court attack is Jaw trying to get to the cup. That's it. That's their whole half court offense. Jaw's yeah. trying to get to the basket. They've had a couple players this series who have really struggled. Like Bain. Bain, this was Bain's best game. And I mean, yeah. it, it didn't really matter because they got blown out, but like, this guy isn't. I'm not going to say this is a guy they need to win the series, but like Tyus Jones is billed as one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. He's been horrible. Yes, he, he 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 can't hit open looks. Shoot last night, zero for five last night. I don't think I've seen him hit an open three all series. I I mean I'm sure he has at least one or two threes, but like he's like two for seventeen or something. Yeah, like that. he's not hitting open shots, and Jordan Poole is torching him. So he's. He actually has no point being on the court the way he's playing, but they have no one else. So he's really killing them. Obviously, aside from last night, Desmond Bain has been irrelevant. Bad back. Yeah, yeah, he has been. Bad back. Give him credit for that. And then, I mean, Dylan Brooks isn't like the prettiest offensive player, but he's their best perimeter defender. And the Warriors score 100 and what? 42 points last night. Dylan Brooks is not there. So, like, when Dylan Brooks isn't playing, like, Ja and Tyus, like, you, and Desmond even, you, you can't hide them. Like, one of them are going to be guarding Poole. One of them is going to be guarding Steph. Where when they have Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks at least is going to be guarding the guy who's playing the best on the perimeter. Now, instead of Ja guarding, like, someone who's not going to put much pressure on him, Ja found himself guarding Steph Curry a lot. Ja mm-hmm. found himself guarding Jordan Poole a lot. 
And uh, Josh still spectacular. Like he had an awesome oh, I know. game last night. He's so good, but he's not gonna. It's not gonna do much for you on the defensive end. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't feel great if I was Memphis right now. You know, even you know sometimes even when you're down two to one in a series, like a team can like, all right, we still feel good at what spot we're in. I don't think Memphis feels that good, and I think all their post game theatrics was the frustration. I agree. Building. Like like I said, they showed their immaturity. And everyone has been saying this. Everyone, a lot of people who I respect have been saying this, and I've been saying the same thing. I was like, Memphis is a really good team. You know, they had the second best record in basketball for a reason. But one, they're a little too big for their bridges. They need to get punched in the mouth, figuratively speaking, obviously. Just they need to get humiliated. That's pretty much always a step in a team's journey mm. before they win a championship. They need to be humbled. You know, they, mm-hmm. I'm all for being confident, but I think they're a little overconfident. It's like, you haven't really done much. Like, I don't love when Ja Morant, like, does the gritty mid-game after, like, someone hits a three and he's, like, dancing in everyone's <laughs> face. I know that's, like, Gen Z and, like, I, like, I don't want to be the fun police, but I'm also, like, they need someone on their team who's, like, act like you've been here before. Remember what... Well, they traded for Iguodala, but they didn't want to. He go didn't there. want to play, and I was just about to. I was just about to speak on Andre Iguodala. Like after Game One, Clay Thompson is going nuts. Three-time NBA champion, Clay Thompson, one of the most accomplished players this league has seen, and you even have Andre Iguodala tell him, "Yo, composure, chill yeah. out." Yeah, the Grizzlies need someone like that on that roster. That should be their number one priority this offseason: a vet like that. Because they just act there's there's a little overconfidence to that roster and organization right now where I just saw it coming. I'm like, someone is gonna humble them. It was almost Minnesota. And if it's not Minnesota, it's going to be Golden State. They're humbling them right now, and the way they're reacting to it is posting tweets right after the game and yeah. then deleting the league. Yeah. coach yeah. insinuating that the league, the, has, league looks at that. the league has to look at something that was so absurd. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a bad look. It's not a good yeah. look, so they cannot be I, feeling great about it. I think themselves. a lot of it is born of frustration. I agree with you, and you look at it, try to look at it from a basketball standpoint here. Xfinity Mobile Tech Sign, by the way, is open, 888-957-957. If you want to give us a call, it's Jason Dumas and me, Whitey Gleason. From a basketball standpoint, after those first two games, the Warriors could look at that and say, all right, probably should have won both. They could have gone either way, but we know what we need to do in game three. And if you're Memphis right now and you look at last night, I mean, what do you have to work with? In all fairness, you could say, well, we have Dylan Brooks coming back. Okay. Oh, Steven Adams, do we start him? You know, it gets a little desperate at that point. What are your answers to what's going on in this series right now? What the Warriors did to you last night? The Warriors clearly had some things they could try last night, and they worked. Memphis right now, I don't know where you go from here after you got just slapped in the face last night. Yeah, Steven Adams, I'm surprised he hasn't been more of a calming presence in that locker room. Granted, he hasn't been around because he had COVID. Um, so he just got lifted off COVID protocol. So, like, I think he was on it for about a week or so. So he, yeah, but he can't even be around the team. Even before that, he only played 31 minutes against Minnesota because he couldn't guard Cat. Yeah, he started game one, and it was it was yeah. bloodbath. Yeah. And after that, I think he got, like, three straight DNPs. So uh, I don't know. Like, Memphis has to do something. Like, Steve, now, now I know Steve Adams. 
Stephen Adams, geez, I'm talking too fast, is not Stephen Adams isn't the answer to no to Memphis. He could help them, but rebounding wise a little, and that's been that's you know, been surprising. Yes, yes. That's I also thought been the Warriors were going that. to get killed on mm-hmm, the boards. Mm-hmm. It's been the opposite. You know, the Grizzlies thought they were going to destroy them. Yeah, it's it's been the opposite. Um, credit to Andrew Wiggins and Otto Porter, and obviously Draymond Green. They've been playing even Calvin Looney too. It's been a it's been a group effort. Um, you no, know, and you hear that when a team is undersized, and the coaches talk about, oh, he's got to have a gang mentality. And sometimes I just roll my eyes, like, yeah, if you're too small, you're too small. But to the point you just made, you look up and down the lineup here in these in these games in this series, and that's what the Warriors have done. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And uh, I don't know. I think. You know, Stephen Adams. It it just you got to play chess. I do think Stephen Adams should probably get some burn for for Memphis. I think they have to because it's like, well, we got to try something. Yeah, and it's you know they're screwed if Ja if Ja's yeah. knee is messed up. Although they played really well without him, as you know. Oh uh, yeah, what different were animal in the playoffs. A twenty and twenty two and two. I mean, something like that. <clears throat> it was absurd, but but it's different now when you're playing the Warriors. I'm telling you, all. I think Memphis is a really good team. I, I don't want people to think I'm saying that they're trash, but all during the regular season, I was saying it's fool's gold. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, they're a year or two too early. They are the classic. They are the classic version of a team that is good, but just not good enough yet. Uh, I think they need to get. They need to get another vet. Like a vet wing, a vet athletic wing, maybe uh, this this off season, um, and they'll be back. Like they're not going anywhere. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NBA for the next five years, as long as they have Ja Morant. And then like you know, Jenkins is a good coach, and and Bain, and like and my man Jaron Jackson Jr. They got like that core. They're going to be around. Zaire Williams is is like what his second year. He's so good. Yeah, Stanford. Um, yeah, yeah, Stanford kid. Uh, Played out in his high school ball with Bronny at Sierra Canyon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, he's a SoCal guy. He played because it's funny. LeBron had a really funny comment uh, last year when Zaire Williams was a rookie. LeBron, they played Memphis or whatever, and LeBron was like, "That kid was my son's teammate last year." He's like, "I'm getting old." Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to we got to take a quick time out here. We'll get to uh, some great texts rolling in here, including one about overconfidence. We'll get to the phones. Again, Xfinity Mobile text line uh, open, 888-957-9570. Are the Grizzlies making too much of this code talk? And do the Warriors now have to guard against uh, the dreaded overconfidence? That's next. Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas, Mother's Day on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. With a 30-point win last night, the Warriors turned the big, bad Memphis Grizzlies into soft, cuddly teddy bears. My goodness, <laughs> 142-112. to 112. The Grizzlies respond by continuing the narrative about the code and uh, the Warriors. Did they break the code and then deleted tweets from Ja Morant? So an unfortunate look from uh, a Memphis Grizzly team that clearly right now is frustrated and looking for answers. We've got answers for you today. Jason Dumas and Whitey Gleason with you on this Mother's Day, 888-957-9570. Let's talk to Joe in San Francisco on 95.7 The Game. Joe, happy Mother's Day. You're on with Whitey and Jason. What's up? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Hey. First, let me say, Jaw is just amazing. It's just, he's amazing. But the Grizzlies are shook. And I think uh, that's one of the reasons is Taylor, what Jenkins is a coach. He's just, what, a year older than Steph? He's a young guy. And I think Kerr put some voodoo, juju voodoo on him when he talked about the code because that got him off the game. You know, the, we always know that uh, history is written, written by the, the victors. Mm-hmm. Well, the code is written by the champions, whoever the, a group of champions is. And that was almost his way of saying, you're not part of the group. <laughs> and you're not part of this group that gets to write the code. And I think that's kind of like rattled those guys. And you talked earlier about, you know, the, the team needs to be humiliated. I don't think they need that, but every team that on the way up needs their come-to-Jesus moment where they really reflect and look, do we really have what we need? The Warriors had that when they realized Mark Jackson wasn't the guy that was going to take him to the lead. You know, you could say the San Francisco Niners may say they need, you know, a different quarterback, whatever. But they need to have a come-to-Jesus moment and realize this team is so talented, but they have some fundamental pieces missing. Like you said, a vet. They got cut up, but they're too young mentally to be able to take on the Warriors right now. And so it's sad because Jaw's great, but there's a piece missing there. I don't know if it's Jenkins, a veteran, but um, what do you guys think? Thanks, Joe, for the call. I, I agree with most of what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're they're missing a piece because, and you said it, and thanks for that call, but you said it earlier, Whitey, right now their offense is Ja, and when that's not working. Yeah, in the half court. They get out in transition, that watch out, but in the half court it's like Ja's trying to get to the cup. That's what they're doing on this play. But the play Every play. The playoff is slow, slower grinded out basketball. No team is going to let you run them to death in the playoffs. Like, that was actually – that was always a Sixers issue uh, with Ben Simmons. Like, Ben Simmons, you get him an open court transition, he's a he's a freight train, terror. Mm-hmm. 
Let's slow him down. Let's make Ben Simmons beat us on offense in a half-court setting. Same thing with this Grizzlies team. Uh, That's why it's so important that the Warriors finally, finally in the second half, were able to limit turnovers. Yeah, because the turnovers have been killing them. That's what the Grizzlies live off of. Turnovers have been killing them. So, uh, to our caller's point, they need a they need a they need another guy because um, Desmond Bain he's he's a he's a spot up shooter. He's a good guy. He's, he's a really good shooter. Good he's, shooter. Yeah. Good player, but he's not breaking people down on the bounce. Um, ja can do it all, but they need they need another guy. They need like a three. I, I don't I don't have the list of free agents in front of me, but you would imagine that I want Iguodala. It's also hard. They did want Iguodala. Yeah. He didn't want them. <laughs> yeah, like, no thanks. Um it, it would be hard. You bring in somebody, you know, Jaw so ball dominant that it's not necessarily gonna be easy for whoever that other guy they bring in uh, to to fit into that. I think Jai I think Jai's ball dominant, one, because he's just so good. He can Well, yeah, yeah. I but, get it. But I also think that's just what they need him to do. I he doesn't strike me as a guy who is unwilling to to adapt his game a bit if someone else would come. You'd have to think Memphis is kind of can turn into a destination team, right? Like, they already have a dynasty, Dylan Brooks said. They've already built a dynasty. Yeah, you know, the way they dance around after threes, you would thought they've already <laughs> won four of them. Uh, on the text line here, listen to this, Jason. Xfinity Mobile text line 888-957-9570. From the 707, the seat of all knowledge and wisdom, of course. I thought the Grizzlies wanted all the smoke, though. Now they're in the chimney and they're complaining. Uh, from the 510, no, jaw. we didn't break the code. We broke your team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Jan from the 650, I heard on the broadcast as well as postgame that Moran had bumped his knee with Clay prior to the play with Poole. He did. There's video of that floating around. On a around. closeout. Yeah. yeah, video of that floating around. That's why that tweet was so disingenuous. And I think he knows that too. Like, it's, dude, they've they've embarrassed themselves. Not just the not just the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies media. I don't want to paint all the media as the same out there in Memphis because I've actually met two or three guys from the the media out in Memphis and they're really really cool people. But they have a lot of team reporters tweeting really head scratching things. Meteorologists. Tweeting what? Tweeting racially what? charged tweets. Oh my goodness! It's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. It's. I know the it's, it's like the whole market has yeah. never been here before. The the columnist yesterday in the commercial appeal, and I know people don't necessarily read newspapers anymore, but I like to check out opposing teams' newspapers. You know, the website, find out what's going on. His the column yesterday was, "I hate the Warriors, and that's good for the NBA." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's uh, Taylor Jenkins on. Jordan Poole injuring John Morant? Yeah, he's getting evaluated now. Nothing further. I mean, we just watched the replay. Uh, he, he was going after a dribble, and Jordan Poole actually grabbed his knee and yanked it, which kind of triggered whatever happened. So I'm actually going to be very curious to see what happens after that. I agree with you and the caller and everyone who's saying, you know what, Taylor Jenkins is a really good coach, but I think his inexperience is showing there. That's not where you want to take this. No, because, come on, man. You uh, like I'm trying, How do you benefit from that? I am trying to be – I don't want to sound like this biased Warriors reporter. So I'm trying to look at it from your vantage point. Did it look weird on that one singular replay? It did. 
But you also have to factor in it was slowed down 10 times. So in real time, in what looks like Jordan grabbed his knee, it was really just like a brush, a graze. Swiping at the ball. Swiping at the ball. And then also, if you look at the entire context, Ja had been limping before that. And like you said, the play before when he bumped knees with Clay. Which was very early in the third quarter, like 11.46, something like yeah. that. And then just use your head. Yeah. You can't hurt somebody. Like, that's not going to injure someone's knee when you grab at it and pull it. Like, a gentle pull. It's just So, for him to go out and just insinuate yeah. that Jordan Poole caused damage to John Moran's knee on that play... Is Bush League. It, it is, and I don't think it helps him, and I don't think it helps his team. And they're already after last night. It's apparent they're in a lot of trouble basketball-wise, but I don't know uh, how you help your team with that. Here's Jaron Jackson on the pool, Morant. I don't know, is it even a controversy? We did see it late. It's unfortunate. You never want to see that type of stuff, but no one's out here dirty. No one's out here, no one's out here like that, but it's just unfortunate. You know the code. <laughs> Talk about the code all series at this point. I understand why Memphis is a little, you know, upset by all the code talk, but still, uh, at some point, you just got to accept it. Draymond got a flagrant two in, in game one. As I've said, Jason, I think I'm in the minority, but just to make the point you just made, I'm not coming at this as everything the Warriors do is great. I thought Draymond deserved that flagrant two. Okay. Yeah, and I thought, okay, if you're going to have that rule, all right, I, I thought he deserved that, but you move on. But that was nothing compared to what Dylan Brooks did, and the Grizzlies are just going to have to accept that. Their player did something that really could have injured uh, and did, in fact. But, I mean, it could have been worse. And I thought Dylan Brooks is lucky to get one game. But here's Steve Kerr asked about Jaw's injury last night. Steve, what did you see on that play where Jaw got injured? Apparently, Taylor Jenkins just said post game that he looked at the, the play and it looked like Jordan had yanked him. I didn't even notice. I didn't notice the play. Didn't notice the play. Yeah. Yeah, no one noticed it until – until, you know, the, the Grizzlies, they just, they've never been here before, Whitey, and you can see it. Mm-hmm. He's never been eyes eyes wide open. And they're looking to their coach, right? And their coach, clearly at this point, he's never been here either. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, is understandable, but still, he's not handling it well. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, we're talking all this trash. They could come out and win on Monday, and then all of a sudden we got a series again. Uh, I don't foresee that. Not the way they're chirping, and I don't know. It's just like you said. When you look at spirit and confidence, there's look a little shaken right now. And if John Morant is not like at least eighty five percent, they're toast. And their focus, even if Jaw is back, their focus is not where it should be. No, they're you know they're 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 reaching for this this imaginary like mm-hmm. dirty play from Jordan Poole, right? If we didn't have any of this stuff in game one or two and we just have that, they probably wouldn't even be looking at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 888-957-9570. Let's go out to New York City. Charlie joins us on 95.7 The Game. Happy Mother's Day, Charlie. How are you? Hey, happy Mother's Day, guys. I, why? I, I, if you remember, I called yesterday yes. with you and J.D. And yes. I was F-bombing the turnover situation. After the first quarter, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. But they settled they settled down, and now you made a, you made a good point yesterday. If they started Kaminga, would the moment be too big for him? In my opinion, it clearly was. He was erratic in the first quarter. I know he finished. I don't want to say garbage time. He finished well. Um, going forward, 
I would like to see Porter start, perhaps, or maybe even go back to pool. Uh, Porter looks like he found his shot. Porter's been playing so well. What is he, plus 49, you guys pointed out? Yeah. Um, uh, but with pool, and I said this, I think, last week, a couple weeks ago, the Warriors will only go as far as as well as Poole plays, in my opinion. He, you know, Curry is the best, you, you people can argue, well, Curry's the best player on the team. But for me personally, when Poole is playing like he did yesterday, aggressive, attacking, I, I refer to him as having this irrational confidence. He, they, I think going forward, as far as they go, if he, if they're unstoppable yesterday, especially once they cut down on the turnovers. And, you know, um, so uh, now I'll take your answer off the phone. But going forward, uh, would you like, to, or in game four, who would you like to see start, if, if, or starting five? Would you want to see Porter in there? Would you like to see the three-guard situation? Um, anyway, guys, have a happy Mother's Day, and I'll keep listening. Thanks, Charlie. Thank I agree you. with everything you said right down the line, just real quick. And who then you want to start? Yeah. Who starts I, game four? Yeah, it's, it's, I think uh, Coach Kurt tipped his hand last night, so to speak, when Porter started the second half. Yeah. So I and and pool. That's great description by Charlie. Irrational confidence. If you can have that coming off the bench, that's terrific. It's a great weapon to have. So I I would expect it's going to be uh, Porter. And I don't think. And I think Slate wrote about this today. In this series, they don't necessarily want to start pool because that compromises you defensively. Yeah. Who knows next series? And Steve Kerr told us this weeks ago. Jason it's fluid. said, "Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. fluid. Yeah." I think they go with the same starting lineup they started with yesterday. With Kaminga? Yeah. I know Kaminga was a little uh, high-strung Yeah, three early bad, on. three turnovers early, took he a got, bad shot. He got to the rim, like, each time and then just jumped with no plan. Um, I think he wasn't expecting the length of Memphis, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., and what's my guy named? Brandon, Brandon Clark. Clark, yeah. They're big dudes. Yeah. They're big dudes, and they can move, too, for big dudes. I don't think Kaminga realized that. I think he'll be okay next game. And Kaminga didn't even play bad. I know a lot of his points were in mop-up duty. Um, it but- just did look, to Charlie's point, and you're right, you look at his body of work yesterday, had a solid game, but he did look a little out of sync with everything early on. Things just looked like it was going too fast mm-hmm, for him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't processing the game the way he should have. But, you know, mind you, one quick stat that, you know, they, they announced at Chase Center was awesome. Youngest player to ever start yeah. an NBA playoff game. How awesome yeah, is that? that's amazing. Um, but, nah, I I don't think they go away from him. I think Kaminga adds an element to this Warriors team that they just don't have. They don't have, like, that rim attacker who just, like, he didn't show it yesterday early, obviously, with those turnovers uh, and kind of forced shots. But no one can, like, put – that aggression and violence on the rim like Kaminga. Wiggins does a little bit sometimes. A little bit, yeah. but it's not like right, Kaminga. Right, right, Like, Kaminga is trying to put you in the rim. Mm-hmm. And he has the athleticism to do it. He's aggressive. He takes it to the rim. He can get to the foul line. Like, the Warriors don't have that guy. And I think he brings that element. I think Steve Kerr and the coaching staff will talk to him. You know, they practice today. They'll sh- they, I don't think they shoot around tomorrow. But they practice today. Actually, they don't. I know they don't shoot around tomorrow. They'll be in his ear. They'll coach him up. Don't come out. Let the game come to you. And uh, I think they'll go with him again. But 
if they don't, it probably will be Otto Porter. I don't see Jordan Poole starting. No, I don't think so. Just go cause the weight of rotation. And Jordan Poole, it doesn't even matter. He's going to play 35 right. minutes regardless. And I don't see Looney starting either, at least uh, with, with, with Draymond. By the way, you mentioned shoot-around. Do you know why shoot-around is called shoot-around? Have you heard the story? No, I didn't. Okay, no years idea. ago, the first team to start a shoot-around was the Lakers, 72 Lakers. They won 69 games. And their coach, Bill Sharman, started this idea of having – a little something the day of the game. And according to legend, they called it a shoot-around because if they called a practice, they knew Wilt Chamberlain wouldn't go. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they so it's not it practice, it's a shoot-around. Come on out, to shoot-around. If we call it practice, the dipper's not coming. Well, so, yeah, Wilt yeah. we'll ain't going to be there. <laughs> I ain't going to be there. Yeah, 888-957-9570. T joins us from uh, the South Bay on 95.7 The Game. Hello, T, how are you? What up, T? I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to uh, uh, give a few thoughts on kind of how we're giving uh, Memphis, uh, to my, in my opinion, uh, it's a little too early to anoint them any type of championship caliber team. Um, I look at John Morant. I see a bona fide number one. He's a superstar, no question. And then if you tell me their second and third best player, um, I would say that's a stretch in terms of who that is uh, because I feel like they have a ton of depth, but they don't have like a Jimmy Butler as a second and uh, Andrew Wiggins as a third, just as, I mean, arbitrary examples. Um, so really Memphis's issue, in my opinion, is their level of talent. And I don't think it's that they're too young to be in the position they're at and that they're not able to kind of adapt to the playoffs. I just don't necessarily know if they're good enough. And again, they have a ton of depth like we do, but they don't have a Clay Thompson and a Jordan Poole or an Andrew Wiggins, a second and third best player. And that's all I got. All right. Thank you, T. Cool. Thank you for the call. I'd argue just just to play devil's advocate, because I don't even necessarily uh, disagree with what T's saying. We haven't seen the normal version of Desmond Bain. His back is clearly limiting him. He's a way better player than he's shown. He was phenomenal against uh, Minnesota yeah. most of the year. Well, he was better than 40% on threes. Yeah. Desmond Baines, he should have been the most improved player, in my opinion. Yeah. no, I mean, I, I wouldn't have argued it. I would not have argued it. Uh, Desmond Bain is better than he's shown, and I, I'm not I'm not sure, and I actually probably would say probably not. I don't think he could be a championship team's second best player. I think he would have to be, you know, third, fourth. He's like he's a spot-up shooter, role player, uh, but to to T's point, just to counter that, I do think Desmond Bain is a good player. He's a good player, and I do think he is an important part of their future, and he can be a core championship guy. I think Jackson, too. Yeah, Jackson, too. Jackson's just young. Jackson needs to learn how to play basketball without fouling people. Mm-hmm. He's, like, habitually in foul trouble. Yep. Um, and he was even like that in college at Michigan State. Uh, Syracuse got them him in foul trouble in Detroit, and they were the one or two seed, and my alma mater bounced them and sent them home. Jaron Jackson fouling everybody. Got to get in that Syracuse plug. Jason, I'll never as he said it. that, hand spread, eyes closed, <laughs> savoring the moment even now. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember that game, <laughs> watching that. I was in Maryland. Um, but anyway, they're just – they need to add another piece, but also some of the pieces that they have in place need to mature. And I think also, you know, this is the first year this Corps won a playoff series, right? So, you know, you have to go through that and everything that worked for them so well in the regular season, postseason, especially against better teams, 
it's just different. And I think they're realizing some of their shortcomings uh, that you, you only realize when you have to go through a playoff series against a good team. Oh, okay. Yeah, our half-court offense probably could be a little more diversified. So yeah, they're a really good team, but it's also coming to terms with their with their limitations, and then making you know it's on them to make those adjustments in the off season. Now, I know it may be a little premature. Obviously, I'm assuming they're not getting out of the series, but after last night, I, I don't think they are. Yeah, and um, they're learning kind of what Denver learned last round. They hadn't played a full a full Warrior squad this year, so right. Yeah, Memphis had some success against Golden State during the regular season, but. I don't think they played against Clay. I know Draymond was out a couple of those games. Like, they never played the full thing. Just like Denver won three or four against Golden State, they didn't play against the real team. Right. And you know what? Last night, late in the game, and you wouldn't know this because you were there, and I'm watching on TV, but Van Gundy says late, right before Steve Kerr took everybody off the floor, Van Gundy was wondering, why do they have their guys still out there? And I think it's to the point you just made. You know, they haven't been on the floor that much together. Got to be careful, though. You don't wanna, yes, I you agree. You don't want to dock Doc Rivers yeah. your best player. But I think that I agree with you, and obviously Steve Kerr understands that, but I think that's the answer to, the, to that question sometimes. Why are those guys still out there? Um, and it's not the first time we've seen it because they they still are getting accustomed to each other. If you want to win a championship, you know, it's nice to have as many minutes on the floor together as you can. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And um, – you know, I get that argument. We've, we've seen some guys go down. Both are true. It's true. It's absolutely true. I mean, look at what happened to Embiid oh, yeah. against Toronto when that game was already won. It's like three minutes left, and Doc Rivers has him. That, yeah, I understand. That was mis- malpractice. Um, you know, I you know going forward, going forward, and we have someone uh, on the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line. Getting on Kaminga to nine two five. Kaminga was bad, always out of position, and makes bad decisions, leading to turnovers. Like I said, he wasn't perfect. I don't think he was as bad as that text insinuates, but by no stretch was he good. I just like the element that he brings to the team if he plays well, and if you can get four and a half minutes of good Kaminga to start the game, some athleticism. He played great defense on Ja early. It was like two, three possessions. Ja tried to take him one-on-one to the rim, and Kaminga blocked him once. Remember, Kaminga, wasn't it game one where Ja said, he can't, can't guard, guard me, was pointing yeah, at yeah, Steph. Yeah. And he was looking at Steph, pointing yeah. at Kaminga, saying he, he can't, can't guard, guard me. me. Nah, Kaminga got a couple of really nice stops on Ja early. Um, and I think I think that's really what Steve was probably preaching to him. Like, we need you to get some stops on him. Kaminga has all the defensive – or. He has all the physical tools, tools. Yeah. to be, be really an elite defender. defender. Right. He is athletic. He is uh, bouncy. He's long. If you can just put that all together, the main thing about defense is effort. And then you can give that effort. Andre Godala said it earlier this season. Earlier this, yeah, it was like maybe like two weeks left of the season. Andre had a really, really great presser. And he just he put it point blank period, and I agree with him. He's like this generation of players, they don't really have much pride. Like they don't get mad when someone scores on them. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I hooped, nowhere near the caliber of guys. That's not what I'm trying to say, but like nothing ticked me off than when someone scored on me. I'm like more than probably just because my offensive game was limited, and I knew that's how I would play, getting stops. So like I would make it my mission not to get scored on. 
you don't see that in the NBA. It's just like a pickup game. Like someone scores on you, and yeah, you just run down court. Great. That someone means I get at me. I I'm get like it, swearing to myself. Back. Yeah. You just scored good. I get the ball back faster. Exactly. <laughs> we gotta get angry. Yeah. Mean. Let's get uh-huh. back to the phones here, and thanks for uh, your patience here. 888-957-9570. We'll get one more in right now, Sterling, and then uh, we're going to take a, a, a brief time out. Robin's been hanging on. Robin, thanks for being with us. Happy Mother's Day. How are you today? Thanks for having me again, you guys. Thank you. Um, did that last call with say John Morant was a superstar? You know how he is not a superstar. Where are they coming up with this narrative? Okay, the boy is a rising star. He's not a superstar. Anyway, that just irks me. I think I think I told you that yesterday, Coach. But anyway, um, I wanted to say that I think I talked to you yesterday, and I said I, they need to come out and just really lay it on them. Well, when they first came out, they looked so terrible, but they they, they turned it up. So what what I think is that if you look at the Grizzlies, the team yesterday, they looked. I don't feel sorry for them. They look so pathetic. They, I don't think they've ever, and you tell me if I'm wrong, experienced an avalanche by the Warriors. And they had that deer. They had that, what is that, the deer, uh, the headlight, the deer and the headlight look. Yeah. And they were all, yeah. And I and I lay you nine to five that John Morant uh, will play Monday. I'll be at the game. It's all a uh, game. And they, I have never seen this level of immaturity by team, and I've been watching basketball since the ABA, and it starts with the coach. He's immature too. It's really sad uh, how immature they are as uh, individual players. And then they don't own that they got their asses kicked, okay? So now here comes the excuses. And somebody should teach them what the code means. The code means you don't hit somebody up in the air, okay, coming down. Peace out. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Robin, who, again, called me Coase, and that's fine. Coase is a friend of mine, so that's yeah. <laughs> I've been called worse. Thank you, Robin. Real quick here before we go to break, to her point about that big third quarter the Warriors had, third quarters in this series, Jason, uh, game one, the Warriors came out 13-5 to on a 13-5 to run. Game two in the third quarter, the Grizzlies blew an 11-point lead, and then last night, uh, game three, third quarter, Warriors went on a 10-0 run. So that's one of the hallmarks of Warrior basketball. Yeah, those it big, is. Those flurries. Fast, yeah, those third-quarter flurries. Uh, coming up, did Coach Kerr find a new new starting lineup last night? 888-957-9570. That's Xfinity Mobile text line. And it's Jason Dumas, Whitey Gleason with you on this Mother's Day on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.